Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, we get to speak with Krista Mullen. She's a LinkedIn top truth teller. She's an avid learner like myself, an entrepreneur, a LinkedIn local host, and she's also the founder of the Sassy Method. Now, most of these things I'm reading directly off of her LinkedIn page at this time, moment in time. If it's changed in the future, it's because she's doing some really awesome stuff and, and uh, making, a, making amazing things happen. Um, I met her through LinkedIn, Facebook, and then Facebook is where we really started chatting and uh, got to know each other. And I was like, hey, I really like what you're doing here. Let's get on a call and do a podcast. So Krista, thank you so much for your time and coming onto the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I love podcasts. I'm addicted to podcasts. And your podcast is particularly refreshing in um, in the sea of podcasts because you you really have a unique approach and you're keeping it real and entertaining and valuable at the same time. Uh, so I like the tone of your podcast a lot and I'm very pleased to be here. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's always good to hear that because most of the times I'm like, okay, who are my listeners, right? So I'm, I'm looking at the stats and it's like, okay, I'm just going to keep doing this because I absolutely love you know, getting to learn the stories of, of my guests and getting to share with what I am doing with my life. And um, because if you're not sharing, then you're, you're basically um, starving others of, because we are as consumers, we want, we have that innate need to share and socialize and build those relationships. And the only, the one way that I've found of building these relationships is by doing the podcast and talking to these awesome folks and, and uh, professionals and, you know, friends essentially that, that they become just really awesome to have you, you know, hear that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that today we're overwhelmed with information. You know, our lives are, are filled with our full-time busy day schedule. And then when we go online on all sides, we're bombarded with, with different information. So we've become this scroll society where we just scroll down through our feeds Oh my God! and then the notifications come up. And so it's just way, way, way so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. That we really need to slow down and put focus on human connection. So podcasting is a way of reconnecting with an individual and going a little bit deeper. So that's, that's really for me, why I find podcasting so valuable is that reconnection in such slowing down and reconnecting with that person. Absolutely. So, and, and you bring a really good point, you know, we're, we're living in a scrolling society. We're constantly scrolling uh, we're consuming content and an amazingly fast rate. Somebody said that, you know, our attention span has dropped from 30 seconds to 15 to 10 and five seconds. It's, it's really crazy. And when you said, you know, we, with, with a podcast as a guest, you know, talking to your friends and whatnot on a podcast, you really get to slow down and dig deep. And 
I had that experience when I talked to my brother-in-law, right? And uh, I had him on the podcast and we had 45 minutes dedicated. Okay, we're just going to talk about everything that we've, because, you know, he's been married to my sister for over 12, 13, 14 years. But, and then we, whenever we do meet, there's like sporadic conversation going on back and forth. And then we keep in touch through messaging. But then when you get to talk, you know, face to face, it's like a totally different experience. Like, okay, you took time out of your day. I've took time out of my day to have this conversation. It's so rare and precious nowadays too. It feels like we're always in a hurry. So we're hurrying in between one thing to the other thing. And if it's not directly related to a persistent need, I find that the art of conversation is sadly very restricted nowadays. So I would love to revive that. And I'm glad that you're podcasting because that's part of it. You're bringing back the art of conversation. Yeah. And um, it's, it's super important. And what also comes out of this is, you know, you get to put your words together and tell a story properly, right? You're not jumping like, hold on, I got I to gotta go do this, I got to do that. You know, you're, you're able to sit down and do and talk. What one thing Seth Godin said recently in his, in his blog, his daily blog, right? He blogs daily, was that podcasting is a new blogging. And having a guest on the podcast is like guest podcasting or guest blogging when, when people used to write a blog on somebody else's um, blog post. Um, bringing their audience over. So it's really interesting how that comes together. So let's get into a little bit about, you know, how you came to become the person that you are today. You know, you're top truth teller. Like, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A lot of people ask me about that. So on LinkedIn, obviously, it's a professional platform. And traditionally, that's where we put our work title. And I've always been on the fence about titles because I don't feel like there's just one facade to a person. I find that all of us have multi-talents and the future of work is really shifting away from a nine to five to a gig economy where people are building out side hustles, they're diversifying their income, globalization and remote working and all the tools that we have at our fingertips have enabled us to take our work offline and just be work from anywhere, work whenever we want. So it's, it's created this beautiful freedom. So why should we restrict ourselves to our official job title? I personally have always been kind of a side hustler and I've always believed in partnerships, diversifying my income. And I've always got like at least three things going on at the same time. Uh, and multiple sources of income coming in because I never want to be that person who put all my eggs in one basket and then got laid off because, you know, we, we work, we live in a competitive market where your job is probably driven by the shareholders profits and you're a liability. So at work, it's, it's not just you and your performance. It could be the shareholder dollar amount. And it's like, okay, now you're a liability. So we're letting you go. So at any time you have to be ready to use your multiple talents. So why did I pick LinkedIn truth teller? It's first of all, to get away from the traditional job titles that would label me. 
-hmm. And second of all, it's to really signal to anybody who might be interested in connecting with me what my value is. So my values are authenticity, courage, boldness, and being self-confident. And so truth is what's behind all of that. And so that is a reminder for me and my brand to always be truthful to Mm. my listeners or my readers. Very cool. No, that's, and, and people relate to truth, right? Anytime you are telling a lie, people can see through that very quickly. Like, oh, you're just lying or, and having that truth mindset, I think also puts the, your connections at ease. Like, all right, this person is legit. Kind of, if that makes sense. Well, it also ties into my new business, the Sassy Method. Mm-hmm. What happened to me is that I had built a successful career uh, building a digital creative agency mm-hmm. in San Francisco and growing it and running it for 12 years. And in 2017, I sold my shares to my two other partners and set off solo. Mm-hmm. And I had to reinvent myself. And I did a lot of time off soul searching. I wasn't going to rush into a new job because I just come off a 12 year, uh, very successful, fulfilling career. Mm -hmm. And after that soul searching period was over, I realized what my true purpose is something deeper to create meaning in other people's lives. And so I set out on a mission to inspire at least one person a day. And that led me to a commitment of producing content on a daily basis. And so I've been pretty consistent at keeping that promise I made over the past two years almost nice. to post consistently on LinkedIn, as well as be pretty active on Facebook. And most recently now I'm upping my Instagram uh, and of course, Twitter a little bit. And now I'm going to be launching a podcast. Yay. Nice. Congrats. Thank you. I just want to get the message out there to more people. So I don't see podcasting as it, it may be sim, it may be seen as an in thing to do right now or a little bit trendy, mm-hmm. but it's all about what you want to get out of it. My intention isn't just to have a podcast for the sake of having it. It's because I feel like we're so busy in our lives that we're overwhelmed with content and despite our best intentions, we just can't be online all the time reading and reading and reading mm-hmm. so, or watching videos. So I'm thinking yeah. podcasting is a great way to fill those pocket moments when you're, you're driving on your commute or you're in the public transportation on your commute or yeah. you're waiting in the car for something or you're at a mm-hmm. doctor's appointment in the waiting room. So you can really fill your time and get so much value out of podcasting. Absolutely. So that was a buddy of mine and um, we've been talking back and forth and he's trying to build his coaching brand as well. So I'm helping him set up his website, set up his um, digital presence. And he's been pretty active on LinkedIn as well. So we were talking earlier and I was like, all right, we'll we'll, we'll chat a little later. I had to pick up my kid. But uh, Well, that's great because right now everyone should be thinking about how how to deliver as much value as possible and um, learning to, you know, learning personal branding, learning 
good business practices, and most importantly, learning attraction marketing is really key. I just came back from social media marketing world mm -hmm, last week. Mm -hmm. um, the week prior to that, I was lucky to be in a South by Southwest digital festival, music and film festival. Nice. So I've, I've had like so much exposure to this. And so relationship building, attraction marketing, and personal branding mm -hmm. are going to take anyone to the next level and oh, yeah. you never know when you'll need it. You know, you may think, Oh, I'm, I don't need it. I work a 40 hour job, but mm -hmm. you are your brand. Exactly. So it's so important to, to, yeah. to be learning those skills. Yeah. There's only one of you. There's nobody who's had those experiences at all, you know, to be where you are today. It's because of your experiences solely. Nobody else has that same footprint. You know, it's funny you say that because um, the sassy method is something I've been working on for the past year, mm -hmm. and I'm really excited that I'm going to be releasing it later this year with my podcast, with my nice. book, with my masterminds, and my digital course. Um, it stands for Seriously Authentic, Smart, Self-Confident You. Nice. And being yourself is your superpower, but it is so ironic that people spend a lot of their adult life trying not to be themselves. Oh my. So they're always, they're always looking over the shoulder at others around them and trying to figure out what makes that person special. And then jealousy creeps in and self doubt creeps in. And instead of spending all that energy chasing other people, you would just take the same energy and turn it around onto yourself and yeah. work on your personal brand and embrace yourself. I say, I call it flip your flaws. So in my book, I have a chapter called flip your flaws, which means mm -hmm. your flaws are actually your strengths. So instead of worrying about getting rid of your flaws, let's go deeper and let's figure out how we can take what you're self-conscious about most and turn it actually into your strength. Mm. That's very powerful. Thanks. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, cause, cause I'm always thinking, okay, these are my flaws, you know, and, 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 uh, I'm trying to, cause I am in 10 different, I have my fingers in 10 different buckets at the same time. Right. Right. And that's why I started the podcast. Cause I would get made fun of like, okay, what's the new hobby that you're working on this week? Right. <laughs> so I mean, I'm into cycling, I'm into woodworking, you know, I'm, I'm um, building LED lamps with LED lights and, you know, I've got beekeeping going on and I'm into videography, photography, you name it. I mean, uh, you know, building computers or playing in VR and playing video games and whatnot. So I've got a ton of knowledge in ton of different areas. And I'm, I'm and the one thing that I find around these is you know how can i interact or what is the intersection between all of these different things and you know it helps me expand my mind because i see different perspectives and being a user experience designer for the past 20 years you know it's taught me that okay you know you got to figure out being empathetic being understandable being the user advocate and understanding how to solve problems so it it helps me cross-reference and, and, you know, bring ideas from different areas into, diff into new, basically new ways to come up with a solution. 
Well, that's that's interesting you say it because it goes back to what I said earlier about titles and how pointless mm-hmm. they are. Because yeah. if we introduce ourselves to 10 different people, depending on the context and the background, uh, we will introduce ourselves 10 different ways. Mm-hmm. So why, do, why don't people see themselves as three-dimensional or four-dimensional? Yeah. Right? Why are we always thinking in 2D? Exactly. So as a UX designer, you're a curious person, you're a problem solver, and you are very user intuitive. Mm-hmm. So you can really use those skills as transferable skills very easily. And I think that people hold themselves back because they're, they're afraid of maybe what other people will think first and foremost, like judgment, and mm-hmm. maybe self-confidence and believing in themselves because they say, well, my skill set is in this area, and now I'm a – so in this area, I'm an expert, but in the other area, I'm a beginner, Right. Well, yeah. we, have to, we have to change that mindset from expert to embracing being an amateur. Mm-hmm. So I talk a lot about that where I say, stop worrying about being an expert and just embrace being an amateur. We should be lifelong learners yeah. and curious. Stay curious. That's what um, Steve Jobs had said in his um, graduation speech at Stanford, mm-hmm. uh, one of the famous ones you can find on YouTube, yep. where, you know, stay hungry, stay curious. Because it's not a flaw to keep starting stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, if it ties into your goals of where you want to head, all roads lead to this, to this place. Yeah. You can take as many different roads as you want. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very well said. Uh, and <laughs> Steve Jobs is one of my, I guess, what's the word? A, a role model, somebody that I'll look up to. Um, and. I was kind of sad when, when I heard the news of him passing away back in 2010. I was like, I wish I had a chance to meet him, right? Because, and then I was like, all right, what would I say if I did beat him, right? <laughs> so I didn't have, I hadn't thought through the whole bus, but, but having, having like somebody as visionary as him, you know, define all these things and look 10 years ahead into the future, of what's going to happen, what's going to pick up. And um, like a lot of times in user experience, we say, okay, we got to find out what the user needs. But a lot of times the the user, like if you asked a user um, back in the days of horses, they would just say, I want a faster horse. They wouldn't even think about something else like a car because a car is a faster horse. They would say, oh, just give me a faster horse. Like they, they have a limited understanding of things sometimes the user doesn't know what they want but what the user so the so what you don't so as a user experience designer or a ux person you don't ask them what do you want you ask them what problem are you facing oh gosh amen so you're preaching to the choir because mm-hmm. when i ran my digital agency two things i wanted to mention is number one apple was my second client So I thought big and I was very courageous to reach out to Apple and land Apple. And we worked with Apple for 10 years. So we got to work with Apple as a partner agency during the most exciting, innovative times when Steve Jobs was alive. Wow. Where everybody was young, hungry and creative, wildly, wildly creative times. And back then, 
I didn't have enough self-confidence to mm-hmm. actually meet him. So we worked very closely with all of his teams and in his offices. And once in a while, we would have some big deadline where this is going to be presented to Steve personally. Mm-hmm. Because Steve liked to, I wouldn't say micromanage, but he liked to be involved in every aspect of his business. Oh, yeah. And so he actually did like to review. Um, he was very, very um, into marketing, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he reviewed everything that wow. we did in my agency. And so that's the first thing I'll tell you. But I really wish I would have been the woman I am today, mm-hmm. that I would have had the courage to say, can we present to him directly? I was terrified. So believe it or not, I could have met him. Mm-hmm. But I chose not to ask. I wasn't even confident enough to to meet this man because he just intimidated me so much and yeah. I was terrified I'm like oh what if he doesn't like our work I'd heard horror stories about mm-hmm. how he was how he could yeah. rip apart an idea he didn't enjoy and I was like I don't think I'm ready for that <laughs> whereas now I'm over that and I'm I'm much more courageous even yeah. so. but yeah. that's the first thing so missed opportunities due to fear is a big one but then what you said about UX design in my agency we built apps Mm -hmm. so i was doing product management Mm -hmm. and what you said is so funny because users don't really know what they what they need so you don't go up and ask them what they need it's funny because yesterday i posted on linkedin about how bad people have lost the art of conversation they don't know how to present themselves so my new connections will connect and i i shared this conversation where the the new connection was like, tell me what services you need so I can sell them to you. <laughs> and I was like, I don't need any services. And then the person's like, good day. <laughs> but, no, no, it started off even funnier. They were like, tell me how I can help you. And I'm like, well, what do you offer? And mm-hmm. they're like, before I answer that, tell me what you need so I can p- pitch to you the exact thing you need. And I was like, okay, this is like the worst conversation I've ever had. So I even posted it on LinkedIn without disclosing, you know, the name of the person. And I'm like, have we completely lost the art of conversation? This is insane. But going back into that, it's more about don't worry about what people need or don't Mm -hmm. ask them what they need. Yeah. Use your creativity and your understanding of the problems and the pain points. And if you focus on those pain points and you ask them, you know, you ask them, what is the biggest challenge for you using this mm-hmm. product? That's where the magic happens because you have a much greater creativity in your mind than they could ever envision. That's not what their skill is. Mm-hmm. So they'll tell you what their pain points are. But if you ask them how to solve those pain points, they're going to say, I need a faster horse. Mm-hmm. I need 3G, right? Yeah. Yeah. 3G service. They're never going to imagine what we could do that's like mind-blowing. Exactly. And that's what Steve Jobs did is he's like, we're going to show people what they need. They didn't know they needed a, a smartphone. Mm-hmm. They had no idea. They were happy with their Blackberries and their Palm Pilots. And yep. that's, what, that's what real innovation means is like taking the pain point and taking it to a whole new level. Um, and I've actually applied that method with my Sassy method because even though this is a different type of business. It's a coaching-based mentoring program to help people realize their full potential. It's almost like a mind detox boot camp, if you will. Mm-hmm. What my book and my podcast and my program is all going to be about. Nice. But, 
But even though it's a completely different problem, I'm using the same kind of approach where I'm like, yeah. if I go out and say, well, how do you think that you can reach your full potential? Mm-hmm. I would never yeah. get the results that I need. Yeah. Instead, I have to figure out what's holding them back and why does it keep coming up? Yeah. And analyze that and then apply my understanding of product development just as mm-hmm. you're doing with your UX experience. Yeah, absolutely. And and one thing that I remember uh, reading in book called Ask by Ryan Levesque, he says, you know, the ask method is basically you have a, a list of people that you ask them a question, what problem are you facing right now, right? And then you'll get different number of answers from different people. And then you can easily categorize, okay, these people go in this bucket, these people go in this bucket, and then build solutions for them. And yep. voila, you have your market. Well, it's funny because traditional sales, when I read like content that's sales driven content, it's all about lead generation and uh, convincing clients that they need their product. That's what they think sales is. Yeah. And I actually want to flip that completely. For me, it's all about attraction marketing. So if you set up a strong brand and you're communicating very clearly your unique value proposition, you're speaking the language of that target audience and you've narrowed it down to the very narrow specific audience, Mm -hmm. you're automatically going to close deals. You won't have lead generation problems. You won't have convincing people. If you have to convince someone, they're not your target audience. No. So I don't believe in sales. I believe that you really should be out there building your brand and making sure it's distributed through all possible channels, which is another reason to have a podcast because Mm -hmm. it's just one more channel where your potential audience um, can be reached. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, um, going, so when I started podcasting, I was like, all right, I'm just going to talk to myself while I'm driving to work. And that's all I did for the you know first six months. I'm just talking to myself, talking about what I'm doing with the beekeeping. You know, the bees haven't arrived yet. Now the bees are here. We did this, blah, blah, blah. And then going deeper into the bee biology, the different types of bees, you know, what's your life cycle like? And then I was like, you know, there's more to just this. And I, then I joined the anchor community and I started seeing other people podcasting. And then I started following other podcasts and learning from people what podcasts has done for them, right? Uh, there's Nathan Latka. This guy is and one of the top 10 in mark in uh, business podcasting and he had he basically broke it down in 2016 broke it down this is what you need to do if you need to if you want to be making money through podcasting as a marketing because essentially back in the days everybody focused on seo you're writing ton of blog posts on your web page so google get find you with podcasting, it's, it's the same thing. You're bringing an audience that fits your vibe, you know, and build your tribe and, and go from there. Right. And so it's not, it's, it's a lot of people have it backwards is what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say with sales, right? Yeah. They think they have to go out and um, do a lot of paid advertising mm-hmm. and then convince people. And there's call centers that do cold calling all day and spamming all day. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, 
you don't need to do that because you just have to do very simple. You have to build a brand with a very specific audience in mind and then start producing content, consistent, high quality content on as many platforms as possible. Mm -hmm. YouTube, um, you know, podcast, uh, all the social media platforms, mm -hmm. your website, mm -hmm. and that's it. That's all you have to do. It's yeah. not, it's really simple, but I think people overcomplicate things. Because people want immediate, you know, feedback. They're like, oh, I'm going to spend $10,000 on this ad and I'm going to get 10,000 followers next day, right? People, I think that the instant gratification has spoiled a lot of us. Like, oh, I want instant gratification. I don't want to wait 10 years. I don't want to wait five, you know, two, three years of building my content up and then, you know, looking for that long tail. I want immediate instant gratification. And that's, and if you look at just, if you just look at Facebook and, 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 um, and LinkedIn, when you're scrolling through LinkedIn, you will get to the bottom of the page pretty quickly and they'll say, okay, click here to load more because new stuff is on top. Like they will, they will only let you go so far down the rabbit hole. Like, no, 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 just go up and refresh. Because if you're really looking for something very specific, you're going to search it up. I mean, that's why we have our search bar up top. Now, I don't know how far Facebook goes, but I think they do have a lazy loading. So you can continuously scroll on Facebook and on Instagram as well. So there's something different that in that LinkedIn is doing, but what it shows you is that these posts are for immediate attention and then you can build an engagement from there. But then when you have articles written on your, let's say LinkedIn profile, those articles are there to stay for a very long time. And if somebody's searching, like, like if I go to your profile, you know, there's your profiles information and then there's, um, where you go? Then right after the highlights, you see articles and activity. Like articles are up front and center because that's where the long tail is. And that's what people don't realize. It's all about the long tail. Well, in terms of personal branding or professional branding, one of the biggest things I think people um, do wrong is, is not to highlight right away and make it very, very apparent and very quick to find what they actually do and how to reach them. So if you don't have right under your profile picture, your website link, your podcast link, your social media channel links, your, you know, all of that, then you're missing out. Because if it takes me, if I have to scroll down two levels to kind of click through and then click through again, and then still not really understand what you do, that's a big problem. Yeah. So a lot of people are, are worried more about the paid advertising or buying a following or quick results, but they're, they should be more concerned about having their brand in order. Exactly. So like, you know, you can't put the cart before the horse. So you have mm -hmm. to build a strong, clear brand message targeting your audience. And another thing that you touched on is I think community is so important now. So right. people underestimate, we talk about like having real conversations like you're doing with me right now, mm -hmm. building community. That's how you really know if your content is working, it's not really the amount of likes or following because people, mm -hmm. let's be honest, people's attention spans are short and they're shallow. So they yeah. may like your stuff today and the next day they'll unfollow you. Yeah. What, 
what's really important is to keep experimenting and figure out like what posts do really well. So I like, I like looking at my analytics and tracking, yeah. figuring like, wow, these posts, you know, that's a signal that these are the ones that really appeal to people. Mm -hmm. right? Maybe it's your videos do better. Yeah. And then experiment with time too, figuring out when is my audience online? Where, where is my community? Do they like what I'm doing? And am I hitting them in the time? If you're dealing with housewives, for example, you know, I mean, you don't want to be putting stuff in the hours where they're busy. You want to make sure that you've got them at that time or, or busy business professionals, the same thing, right? Yeah. Put your best content out there so it lands in their feed just at the right moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So timing it right and having the content, having that analytics and, and everybody will give you those analytics. You can look at those analytics on Instagram. You can see how much engagement, how many people it reached. Same with uh, Facebook as well as... Um, uh, LinkedIn. So those are really, really excellent points. Yep. I think some people don't realize why their content, they complain. They're like, I, my content isn't doing well. And I'm like, do you look at your insights? You know? So, I mean, this, especially non-marketing people, because we marketing people, we tend to be geeks and we yes. love, we're like all about our analytics. Exactly. But if you're a business owner and you're trying to launch a new business, you should be looking at your analytics too. And you shouldn't be afraid. It's yeah. not you need to have a marketing degree. They make it super easy on mm. all the platforms for free to check your tracking. Exactly. You know, click on the insights, have a look and maybe get a consultation with someone else. Hey, could you take a look with me and it helped me interpret some of these insights if it's yeah. not straightforward enough for you, right? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so at this point of the conversation, we had really you know, got to learn a lot about you and we have a lot of amazing topics that we talked about and we have you know, very, like we're on the same wavelength. I love it. Um, so we have some questions for our guest um, that we ask, that I ask. So what is one hobby that you wish you got into? Oh my goodness. It's hard to narrow it down to one because just like you, I feel like I'm a, a multi-dimensional type of person. Mm -hmm. So I've always been interested and fascinated by rock climbing. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but like I would go to the, the gym. We have like an indoor rock climbing wall. Yeah. I've also been a few times to very beautiful outdoor areas like Utah, Colorado, mm -hmm. um, where I've just admired it. So it's something that terrifies me, but something that I'd love to, to try more. Yeah. 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 So that's definitely rock. a hobby. Um, and then of course anything creative. So I used to, um, I used to draw comics mm -hmm. when I was a kid and, and I kind of, I kind of think it's sad as we grow into adults that we lose our hobbies. Like who says that we should be too busy to make that a value for yeah. our life. Yeah. You know? So some of their most best business ideas can come while you're practicing a hobby. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. What is your next question? What is your favorite movie or TV show? And if none, how about a book? Huh. Again, so many to choose from. So I have to admit that I am more of a book person. Mm -hmm. I don't really, most of my life I haven't had a TV. So I missed out on a bunch of shows. And when people make like pop culture references, sure. a lot of times they see on my face that it's drawing a blank because <laughs> I just wasn't, I didn't grow up in that kind of a culture. Both of my parents are PhD. Mm -hmm. Intellectuals. Uh, my dad was 
uh, a researcher and a university professor. Yeah. Uh, my mom also was a te was teaching. So so it's definitely part of my upbringing was more book driven. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I want to say is that there's so many books that have changed my life. And that is why on my website that I'm working on, I'm actually dedicating a whole section called resources. Nice. Uh, that is going to share all the links to my favorite books and they're going to be organized by category because in my house I have bookshelves. Like mm -hmm. I'm still an old fashioned. I like audiobooks and I like yeah. digital, but believe me, I just can't give up that feel of holding a real hard copy in my hand. Mm -hmm. uh, one that I'd like to highlight is the one I'm reading right now by my good friend, um, Kristen Sherry, who is an executive career coach and it's called you map. Nice. And I can send you the link after this, but it's Kristen Sherry, you map, mm -hmm. which is a step-by-step -step guide to discovering yourself and helping you through that self-discovery, figure out your strengths and which career is really your destiny. Nice. And I'm finding it super fascinating to mm -hmm. do the strengths finder exercises and assessments on myself. Very cool. I've thought about doing that as well, but we'll see when I do that. Hey, well, thanks for it, it's definitely a resource I will share with you. I know okay. Kristen personally. She is an amazing person and she has also started a certification program to train other people in the UMAP method. Nice. So she trains and certifies other coaches mm -hmm. to become certified in her method. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that you take that strength finder test and you may uncover so much about yourself that you kind of knew, but now it's confirmed and it will scare you. It'll yeah. blow your mind. It will blow your mind. Trust me. All right. I'll check it out. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> What is your favorite superhero? I personally think that I would have to say probably my grandma, which is funny because she's not a fictionist superhero. She's a real superhero. Yeah. Um, but she just inspired me in so many ways. Mm -hmm. What I think a superhero quality is, is somebody who can get through hardship with a smile and with an unbelievable resilience. Nice. So that's the quality that I think is a true superhero. And I think we should celebrate everyday superheroes versus, Absolutely. again, focusing on just the, the traditional winners. Mm -hmm. I see superheroes all around me that are under-celebrated. Yeah. So yeah. I challenge all your listeners to go out in your community and identify them, those silent, quiet, humble superheroes. Mm that aren't out there bragging about their themselves, but really deserve a medal. Exactly. Thank you so much. That was, a, that was beautiful. Last question, but not least, if you were a board game, what would it be? Definitely Monopoly. Okay. <laughs> nice. nice. Monopoly is all about moving forward, setting yeah. strategy goals. Uh, so I love Monopoly. I've always played it. Fantastic. I love it. <laughs> And last question, where can my audience find you? That's a great question. So right now I'm building my new website, which mm -hmm. is going to be um, thesassymethod.com as well as christamoleone.com. Okay. Uh, they will both get you to, to me, but my website is not ready yet. So sure. in the interim, you can reach me through LinkedIn mm -hmm. 
or yourproductceo.com. Okay. That's perfect. That's my consultancy for my product management slash product marketing business. Fantastic. Well, that is a wrap. Thank you so much for your time, Krista. It was really awesome speaking with you. Thank you very much. Looking forward to listening to this and more of your wonderful podcast sessions. Best of luck to you and have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode on Hacks and Hobbies. We absolutely appreciate your contribution. You can find additional notes on hacksandhobbies.com. Please share the podcast with your friends and tell them what you learned about our guest today.